uh, which we'll do over the next four weeks. We'll be in verses 1 through 8, Hebrews chapter 13, verses 1 through 8. Let brotherly love continue. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. Remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them, and those who are mistreated since you are also in the body. Let marriage be held undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from love of money and be content with what you have. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So we can confidently say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Remember your leaders, those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. The grass withers, the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord stands forever. Uh, what does it mean to live uh, in community? Uh, community can mean many different things on very many different levels. Uh, we live in the Pell City community, and there's uh, many things out there that reach out to our community. We have uh, the Boys and Girls Club in town. We have Places like community, community action, the love pantry, uh, even, even the chamber of commerce to some degree. Uh, uh, what is uh, what these community things are, or places do varies in their function. Some seek to fill needs in the community; others seek to bring activity uh, to to the community. But the reality is that we all live in community. Uh, sometimes cho- chosen community, sometimes. Uh, those communities are put upon us. Um, probably each of us here has smaller communities that we're part of, maybe clubs or civic organizations, maybe sports or music or hobbies. We all have communities that we live in. Uh, we in the church are a community. We, and how we live in this community matters. We've been given a model and instruction for how we as Christians are to live in community. Uh, The model is nothing less than Jesus Christ himself. He is an everlasting model. As our text tells us, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is unchanging and therefore remains our model for Christian community. Uh, This letter has been been written, as we've said again and again, to community that is struggling. Part of the community is, is, or the whole of the community is suffering. And part of the community is going, this suffering is not worth it. Let's leave our community that is faith in Christ and go back to the community of, uh, Ju- uh, of Judaism. They wanted to escape persecution. And over and over, our writer has been warning them in one form or another. And now he gives them this final exhortation. Let brotherly love continue. Let brotherly love continue. Let us continue to live 
in this community that is marked by Jesus. This is what we see today. We're going to see three things. The call to love, the call to be holy, and the call to be imitators. The call to love, the call to be holy, and the call to be imitators. We begin by looking at the call of love. It's the first call here. Let brotherly love continue. Christianity is the family of God. Uh, The church is a community that is to be characterized by its love. This is a lesson that Jesus taught. We see it in John 13. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Francis Schaeffer, in talking about love, he often talked about love, says this, Evangelism is a calling, but not the first calling. Building congregation is a calling, but not the first calling. A Christian's first call is to return to the first commandment, to love God, to love the brotherhood, and then to love one's neighbor as himself. We show love as an essential part of our witness. But more importantly, we show love because God is love and we are called to God-likeness in this world. You think about love chapters in the Bible, one of the greatest one of those is 1 John 4, 7 and 8. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. Whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Loving is an outflow of our relationship with God. It's how we show gratitude for his love for us. So how? How do we love one another? Our writer here gives us two examples. How are you to love one another? Be hospitable. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. We are to be hospitable to one another. This points back in some ways. Who who are we to be? Who are we to show hospitality to? And we hear in the, that echo of the question, who is my neighbor? Jesus, of course, answers this with the parable of the Good Samaritan. You are to love even those you don't like. And the problem is today that we tend to compartmentalize our lives. We are so uh, individualistic or we, we live in our small family units uh, that we don't get out much more past that. But hospitality is important. The question is is this, how many in this room could describe the inside of your home? How many of your neighbors could describe the inside of your home? Are we being hospitable to one another? The second example he, he says here is, remember those who are in prison as though in prison with them. We are to have sympathy for those who are experiencing trials, even maybe self-inflicted trials, 
One commentator says this, even those imprisoned justly merit Christian help since Jesus ministered to the guilty and the condemned simply because they were human beings. It's very easy to neglect to love others. And the reason it's so easy for us to neglect to love others is because we get so wrapped up in loving ourselves and taking care of ourselves first. But the writer here shows us the value of such love. He says, some, by being hospitable, have entertained angels unaware. Uh, I think immediately we think of two examples of this. Uh, Abraham, when the strangers come up outside of his tent and he cooked a meal for them. Uh, and they were angels. He was not aware of it, but they were angels. The second of this is, is Lot in Sodom. When these two men came in and he protected them, they were angels. We have to love others. We, know, we don't know who we're entertaining. But even more than this, think of this. Uh, you sit next to those who proclaim Jesus as their savior. Guess what that means? You sit next to the saints of God. Those who will one day serve in his kingdom, in his, as his priest, in the very presence of the living God. We must love one another as such. If we were to, to just do a survey of the New Testament, uh, the idea of loving one another comes up again and again and again. It's often repeated. As we've seen, we've, we're told that people will, or Christian, we will, people will know that we're Christians by our love for one another. Uh, we've seen the greatness of love. We're told that if we don't love our brother, we don't love God. And yet loving one another can be one of the hardest things that we do. Because we get so self-involved and we forget the people around us, that we are children of the living God. We may look at others and see their sin first, or we may see the things that maybe at times annoy us, that frustrate us. And I go, I don't want to hang out with those people. And yet we're to see them as children of the living God. What is more readily on our lips, words of encouragement and praise or words that tear down and hurt with our community, our Christian community, our church family, this is where we should long to be most. And sadly, we at times make this a task. We make it a chore. We make it an inconvenience. But we need to be in community with one another. Even more than that, we're to show hospitality to strangers. Those, all those around us should be welcome into our home. We have to stop living individual separate lives and start living as the family of God, even with all the mess that it comes with. So first, we have a call to love. And second, we have a call to be holy. The church is called to purity and freedom from the sinful creation. Uh, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1.16, be holy because I, I, God, not Peter, am holy. 
we have a double task both to live, live loving one another, but to also live holy lives. Again, Schaefer in talking about this says the Christian really has a double task. He has to practice both God's holiness and God's love, not his love without holiness. That is only compromise. Anything that an individual Christian or Christian group does that fails to show the simultaneous balance of holiness of God and the love of God presents to the watching world a demonstration, not a demonstration of the God who exists, but a character of the God who exists. We have to both be holy and be loving. In essence, what Schaefer is saying this, we cannot allow our love and how we love people to compromise our holiness. So yes, we love, but we're also holy. If we are the dwelling place of God, then we are set apart. And we are to show that we are set apart by the way we live. Our passage points to just a few ways that we do this. Verse 4, let marriage be held in honor among you. And let the marriage bed be undefiled, for God will judge the sexually immoral and adulterous. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have. For he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We see here he points to two of the big ones, right? Love of sex and love of money. It's that whole modern thing you may have heard, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? Uh, this idea of that's, that's what a sinful world is attracted to, to live sexually however they want, to, to search and seek out money. He says the Christian has to live differently. The way we live should be dramatically different than the world lives, particularly in these areas. If we refuse to be different than the world, then how will that affect our testimony before the world? If they can't look at us and see that we're living seriously or, or if that we're living different, they'll never take us seriously. I think that we look at our culture around us, and these two things are important. When human sexuality and gender issues have become so fluid, we in the church cannot compromise truth. We are to be holy when we live in a time that says, get as much as you can, as quick as you can. Money-wise, we have to live differently. We cannot live in the pursuit of money. So we honor marriage. It's instituted by God. It is the basic building block of the church and society. Oh, what a great testimony is when you see a Christian. How rare is it anymore when you hear some? Dave, how, how many years you and Gingy been married? 63. 63 years. And I bet any time you, you would say that to people, wow. That's so uncommon. And it is uncommon today. But what a testimony it is to say we persevere through the hardships and the toils of life and marriage. Or, or what a testimony it is for the Christian single who keeps the marriage bed pure through self-control and resist godly restraint. We are to keep ourselves sexually pure, but we are also to keep ourselves from the love of money. Paul describes the greed as idolatry we cannot make money be our god god has promised to be with us he is our helper we should not fear he's not going to forsake us so we do not have to love money 
Again, the call to be holy is essential for living in community. We cannot only we do not only need to be those who love differently, we have to be those who live differently. They have to see a difference between us and them. And if they don't, if we go to the world and we say, I believe in the God of the Bible, and this is how you should live, and then they look at us and go, you don't live that way. We become hypocrites. We become frauds. We must not love what the world loves. We must love what God loves. We have to value things he values. And we can only do this by knowing what he values. We find the character of Jesus in his word. And so we become free from the love of sensuality and money, free from the trappings of sin, free from the love of this world. How do we live in community? We love one another. We live holy lives. And finally, he calls us to be imitators. Remember your leaders. Those who spoke to you the word of God. Consider the outcome of their way of life and imitate their faith. The writer now calls them to remember their leaders. And to be imitators of them. To search for examples of those who are faithful to the word of God. And note what he doesn't say here. He doesn't say, look at their personalities. That's not what he says. He doesn't say, look at, look at their uh, ministry techniques and how clever or inventive they were. That's not what he says. He says, look, look at the outcome of their way of life. The reality is that we live in the flesh and the flesh is weak. And if you look at ministers and those who preach the word, and if you look hard enough, you're going to find ugliness and sin in their lives, just like you find in everyone else's life. But the writer here is not confident in the men of God. He is confident in the God of men. The best of men, as one commentator says, are men at best. But we also see the character of God developed over a lifetime. And through their example, we are to resolve to trust the Lord, to firmly stand on the word, to rely completely on the matchless grace of Jesus. Especially when the world is giving in, those around us are giving in to the world, I should say. We are to look to men of faith. It's, it's an important reason why we should consider the history of our church to uh, read biographies and commentaries and see men of faith and see uh, not how they were clever, not how they were uh, articulate, but to see the outcome of their faith. To see what was the result of a life lived and imitate that. And the reason we can look to these men of faith, we see in verse 8, the last verse here. Because why? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same. Jesus does not change. When times change, Jesus does not change. And there are those around us who would say, look, 
What worked for the Old Testament or worked for the New Testament church was good for the Old Testament or the New Testament church. It doesn't work for us today. Come on, church, you got to evolve with the times. We got so much more knowledge now. We know science and we know all these different things. So you, got, you better come along with us. But if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then that means the teachings of his word are reliable for all times. Since Jesus is the same, his call is the same. The demands placed on the first disciples are the same demands that he places on us. And so we can read places like Luke 9. And he said to all, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. And we can read that and say, we must daily be following him. We must daily be denying ourselves and not seeking after the, the, the riches and the, and the pleasures of the world. The Christian life is the same in every, under, every generation. It is unchanged through all history. And so we look to those men. We can look to those men and women of faith and say, I can learn from them because their example applies to me today. And so today, if, if for some reason, Moses and Paul and Tertullian or Calvin or Luther, if they walked in our, the doors of our church today and they examined our lives, the way we live should be recognizable to them. Our faith should be their faith. Because Jesus is the same. It is Jesus we are to represent and display before our generation. If we are to leave a genuine mark of Jesus on the world, it'll have to be in the manner that he has instructed us. So Paul can say this in Philippians, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life so that in the day of Christ, I may be proud that I did not run in in vain or labor in vain. It will be Jesus that we faithfully proclaim, displaying the mark of love and wearing his righteous robes. The call to be imitators does not mean that we imitate those who are perfect. We imitate the perfect that is in them. We imitate Christ that is in them. We know ministers aren't perfect. Look. If you want to go digging around my life, you'll find that I am not perfect. You don't have to go further. Ask my wife. She'll tell you how I'm not perfect. I am not perfect. You know that I'm not perfect. It's not about following those who are perfect. It's about modeling that which is perfect in others. It's about modeling Jesus in others. Knowing that it's not a work of my own, it's not a work of anyone else, it's the working of God's spirit as we model what Jesus has taught us. And we can rest assured that Jesus does not change from age to age. He is the same. Uh, As we've been reading through Ecclesiastes, there's nothing new under the sun. Jesus has not 
changed and so our faith does not have to conform to this world. And so instead, we must be transformed by our faith. But that means we have to stop playing by the world's rules. And rest assured, the world has has set the rules for us. Even our interaction with them is by their rules. They yelled loudly at us, so what do we do? We yell loudly back. If the world attacks us, what do we do? We attack back. They love for us to live in this us versus them mentality. It's not about fighting the world to make them work on our terms. It's about surrendering to Christ, to living in the community that he has built. And so we don't have to be surprised when the world acts like the world acts, do we? Because while they may lift up their late-term abortions and cheer them, we go, this is nothing different than it has already happened in the history of the world. We have seen, as we study the word, we have seen as, they, as Old Testament people, not, not the church, although they at times participated in it, but we've seen as, as the ungodly have worshipped Baal and sacrificed their children at the altar. We've seen it. We do not have to be surprised when the world acts like the world. We've seen Sodom and Gomorrah. We know the debauchery that was there. We do not have to be surprised when the world acts like the world. And we don't have to stoop to their level. We are called to live in faith and obedience to the word of God. That is how we are to live our lives. We have to stop playing by the world's rules. We have to love one another. We have to be involved in each other's lives. We have to welcome each other into our homes, not only in the church, but the stranger as well. We have to be kind to the prisoner. We have to be hospitable in the whole of our lives so that people may see Jesus. We have to be holy. We have to stop looking the way the world looks. We have to start living in a different manner. We have to look like Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith. And we must be imitators. We must model Christ that we see in others. So if you look around this room and you say, man, I see Jesus there. Then we model that. We can look at, we look at Dave and I see, I see Dave's desire for the word of God and his faithfulness to the word of God. And I should imitate that in him. We look at others and we see, uh, we look at Annette and see her, her desire to, to service and we should imitate that. We are to be imitators. We are to look like, look for Christ in everyone and model that we understand that he is everlasting That he has given us a standard that does not end. But brothers and sisters in Christ, more than all, maybe not more than all, but I leave you with this important exhortation. Stop playing the games of the world. Stop seeking the things the world loves, but also stop engaging the world with, they want us to engage with them, 
the way that we engage with them in hostility, in anger. They love the shouting match. Look different than the world. Love different than the world. Live different than the world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you and we just ask that we would be uh, all that you have told us to be, that we would live in community together, that that love that we have in community would extend to those around us, not that are not just in, in our church, the stranger, the foreigner. Lord, would we live differently and would we look differently as we imitate Jesus and others? Lord, would you help us as we seek to be now children of the living God? Would you conform us? To his image, we ask and pray in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Uh, please stand as you're able.